Welcome, everyone. It's time for On The Mock Sports Talk with your host, Mark with a C. And welcome to our 165th episode in 165 consecutive weeks. Did you say 165? That's what I said, 165. Kanahara! (laughs) I hope everyone is having a a great week. Great, great week and thanks for joining us today um uh reminders next thursday i hope you guys can come on next thursday july 6th that's two days after july 4th special guest michael pollock play-by-play voice of the long island ducks of the atlantic league and i spoke to him today just to remind them yeah i remind people Two weeks away, one week away, and every day next week, I'll give them a little text. We'll, we'll, we'll come on on uh, next Thursday. So he's looking forward to that. And this will be a third time he's on with us. Uh, as far as the Ducks, if you didn't know, if you don't follow them, they're 30 and 24 in their division. They have, an, I guess, an east and a west, or a north and a south, I'm not sure, um, for the first half. And they play 63 games per half. So 54 games so far. So that means they have uh, what is it, nine more games to go in the first half. And they play a 126-game season. Strange numbers. I don't know why. We could ask them why it's a strange number, 63. Okay. So good to see everyone's uh, smiling face out there. Uh, I got a story. I got another story for you. Maybe some you could help me on this. I'm glad, glad Alan's not on because Alan would introduce, uh, in, interrupt me every sentence. <laughs> My trusty, we'll take it personally. I know. My trusty <laughs> Apple laptop goes wherever I go. It has everything I do with lots of years of info within. I brought it a few weeks ago when I did travel to Denver for the B'nai Mitzvah for close friends. It was a carry-on. It spent three and a half hour plane ride with me. Well, something strange happened when I got to my hotel. I turned it on um, to get the needed codes for the password for the the hotel, for the Wi-Fi. Get the Wi-Fi. Yep. Uh, so I'll be able to get online. Um, exactly. You know, get this, get the stuff with the sports and all everything I do related to the high, high, the the, the, the Wi Fi. Yeah, right, right, right. However, when it came time to click the mouse, it would not click normally. <clears throat> you know, the little pad you have on the uh, the laptop. You just called the touchpad. The touchpad. Touchpad. Okay, in the middle. I, the thing in the middle that you have. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, I literally had to forcefully press it down, um, as hard as I can, <laughs> or on the on the on the icons. You know, I just couldn't. It wouldn't click. I was able to move it to where I had to move it, but click it, it would not click. Very confusing, very frustrating. I've never, I did not have that issue at home. I needed to check my mail, organize my weekly, uh, my weekly walk with the the people going to walk with us. 
uh, write the stories down for you people. I spent Thursday, Friday, and Saturday and Sunday with this program. It would not correct itself. I burned a lot of calories just trying to get <laughs> the mouse to click. I, had a, I bang it, bang it, bang it. To no, you got a mechanical it. issue there with air pressure from flying. Um, Could have something to do with the, with the transport. Who I, knows? I thought maybe when I get back to New York, I'll now have to go to the Apple store with the Genius Bar and those experts. I right. might have to buy a purchase a new computer. This is a pretty old computer, but it, it still works. And uh, I don't know. It's going to take. It would take days to transfer all the information that I have on here uh, to oh, the new God. computer. It probably cost me over a thousand dollars. Someone suggested, why don't you just basically get an exterior mouse, the old way? Right. I wonder that. Can you would do that? that would that, that would that work? If can I didn't, Matt, I didn't oh, do that. That's yeah, called a Bluetooth mouse. mouse. Oh, you can do that with Bluetooth a you need mouse. To buy a, right. You need to buy a Bluetooth mouse. A Bluetooth mouse, as opposed right. to the old-fashioned you plug in. I mean, you could always buy a, a USB plug-in, but yeah. you don't. I don't. I can't but tell you would, how many. That would that would work instead of like. Absolutely unequivocally, yes. Yeah. yeah. So when I got home Sunday night, or it might have yes, been Monday Sunday. morning, I went to check my mail one last time before I went to sleep. And lo and behold, everything worked. <laughs> That's so funny. Mile high, Mark. <laughs> everything worked. Not, not, a, not an issue. No no calories burned in, in pushing the sucker down. And it's Mark, I know why. I'll tell you why. It's very simple. Tell the me. Computer had, the computer had a Mishagas. <laughs> oh. Could the 5,000 feet altitude screw up my computer? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Michael, you have that problem? I have a, no, I have an idea that something in the atmosphere occurred because when we got here in Colorado, I could not get my MLB to watch the Yankee games. And I was going bananas, going bananas. I kept on looking and looking and looking. And all of a sudden, when Germain was pitching his perfect game, lo and behold, every everything clicked in. And it was beautiful. It was like uh, meant to be. There's something Bichette in the air going on right now. <laughs> and, uh, Did you say Bo Bichette? Bichette. Bichette. Dante. Dante. And Bichette is leading the league in hitting, so it just oh, goes no. to show you. Anyway, Mike. anyway, so that was my that was my little story there. I, but everything got back to normal once I'm back in the. Uh, oh, that's in, funny. Very, it's very good. interesting, very yeah. confusing, Mark. but I'll take it right now. Yeah, cool question. If you did have to transfer things to a new computer, do you have somebody that would do it that knows how to do I it? Do the Apple people have them do it, but they say, they, it Yeah, they do it for free, they wouldn't charge you for that. No, yeah, but it yeah, takes yeah. over a day. I think as long as they, no, they said no. it'll take at least 24 really? or longer. Yeah, I'm not the only uh, one in town gets years, get No, I meant your paper. computer alone would, shouldn't take a day. It'd be pretty quick. It'd probably take an hour at the most. That's not what they said. Uh, Gerald? No. Mike, when you talk about a perfect game, are you talking about that game yesterday against that minor league team or little league team? <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we start with that? That was the big news of the day. So, Michael, yeah. just talk us about, about it your, your stuff. But don't only talk about that. We'll get back to you for the other stuff later. All right, here we go. 
What, what's my uh, sponsor, Mark? This is not your regular spot. You have oh, right, my regular spot. Who's so, your own? The the lead word for what happened yesterday is anomalies, and everybody here, for the most part, are yeah, are uh, not Yankee. I don't, that was a slip of the tongue. Are, are baseball fans, and almost all of us became baseball fans for one reason or another, and subliminally, and you'll all admit that this is true. There are anomalies, I think, about baseball than any other sport. And a big-time anomaly took place yesterday. And even though what Jerry says is true, they're all minor leaguers, it's not that easy to pitch a perfect game to anybody. And if you were watching that game, he had the upper portion of home plate. The he had the most perfect, perfect, perfect game you'd ever want to see. And some of the things is that he's one of the first pitchers in history of baseball, to pitch a perfect game when his ERA is over five. That's in other words, he's been pitching crappy baseball, and all of a sudden, look what happened yesterday. Another anomaly, he pitched nine innings, and he had nine strikeouts, and he threw 99 pitches, which is quite crazy. And like I said, he was one of the worst pitchers in baseball, which is unbelievable. And that's another thing about what's going on with the Yankees. Some of the worst players – and all of baseball were German and Stanton and Donaldson. And what the hell? And look at Stanton and Donaldson. They came back from injury. And their first games, they hit home runs, which I thought was the strangest thing you'd ever want to see. And after that, they couldn't hit to save themselves. So uh, there's a lot of strange things going on in baseball. And with the Yankees, all of a sudden, things could possibly mold and blend into place. First of all, you got Rodon coming back. I think he's coming back almost forthwith. Similarly, Nestor Cortez is on his way back. Aaron Judge, and, and like it, it might be the atmosphere, Aaron Judge is starting to get frisky. He's starting to dance around, and he's starting to do baseball activities. So who's to say that he might not even... Uh, there was a, there was a, glaring, a right? glaring thing last night with the celebration. All right. It did not one come out was, from the... Right. One thing that was great with the celebration, uh, everybody was jumping around, but Judge was very, very ginger in his celebrating, which which I kind of like. And a very, very nice sidelight to all of that. When you really think of it, uh, German was great. No argument about that. And the Yankee defense, the only non-easy uh, play was in the fifth inning when uh, uh, made a spectacular stop and threw to German covering. That was the only difficult play. Every play... Other than that, were easy plays, and yet they were difficult in the sense that uh, a nice pickup by Donaldson. Uh, every every player uh, played a nice, graceful, uh, easy uh, defensive game. And at the end of the game, when Germain pitched through his last pitch, he really hugged his almost every teammate, and he really hugged them with passion and, and appreciation. His entire defense, if you uh, looked at it again. Uh, Donaldson and, and uh, Volpe and, and Rizzo. And it was also great that Bader was in center field and keeping Isaiah kind of left right out of the way. He just hit a home run, by the way. So all of that is terrific. And I kind of have a hunch that things are are starting to improve. Now, German, up until this perfect game, you were wondering whether or not he's going to stay in the lineup when Rodan right. comes back and the others. And you want somebody who can pitch perfect games in your lineup, but it'll be interesting 
So I guess Schmidt is having an important game today also. So we shall see. But as a very optimistic fan, I could see things starting to fall into place for the Yankees. And uh, let's hope for us Yankee fans that's true. And I hope that's a good enough German report. And uh, I thank you for the opportunity to go early. And first, I had a great time. I was very fortunate to be able to watch the perfect game and then watch the 10 o'clock news and go to bed. Not unlike a lot of you Easterners who had to uh, stay up a long time. But uh, it was it was great to watch. It was really great to watch. And uh, I hope I get to see a couple more this year by the Yankees. Well, and that's you know, he, he uh he, he guaranteed thank, thank you. He guaranteed a uh, a spot when he retires. They read this in the paper to come to every old timers game. Oh, all right. <laughs> and le- I I didn't watch the game. Uh, I fell asleep early, and I was tossing yeah. and turning a couple hours. What what time did the game end? Eastern time. They were- it ended oh, at I was watching the ten o'clock news. So you figure it ended like around oh. 10, 15 my time. So it was about 12, 15 your time. Okay. Yeah, so I, 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 I just, right. I just want, I, I turned over and I said, let me just check the, this, the, uh, the scores of the, of the late games in the Yankee game, because one of the late games and, and it says he's entering the ninth inning pitching a perfect game. So I quickly turned the TV off. Did he go, he, he went down. How many pitches do you throw in that ninth inning? Cause I saw like, Six, uh, the ninth, three, the three pitches, inning, three ground balls. Right. Yeah. Oh, wow. you know, Jerry the, the ninth <laughs> inning had the three worst hitters maybe on the team, the seventh, eighth, ninth batters. And it was as easy as you'd ever want to see. It was one, two, three, easy as pie. Ground ball, was, ground ball, ground ball. Right. Yeah. They couldn't hit him. Yeah. Couldn't hit him. A right, couple of comments. Joe? Yeah, I disagree about Trevon. I think he's got a lot of talent. I mean, he was. We had a big uh, discussion a couple of weeks ago when uh, when Boone took him out when he was pitching a shutout. He's, uh, you know, he's erratic. He hasn't learned to be consistent. Maybe he never will. But when he's on, uh, you know, he's shown this stuff before. You know, he's he's uh, he's he's got a lot of talent. I wonder how many times the the umps checked his hands. Once an inning, right? Right. Every inning. Every right. inning. Don't they yeah. check it when he's when they're coming off the field? Usually. Every inning. Yeah, that's what it looks like usually. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you want to be mean in the back of your mind, you could think that when he's not pitching well, he's having trouble with women. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No. How many strokes? How many balls and strikes? Does anybody know on the ninety-nine pitches? Seventy-two strikes. How was that? 72, 72 strikes. 27 balls. Yeah. 72, pretty 27. Good. Wow. Pretty good. Pretty good. And he's got minor league team. He's a, he's a good remember pitcher. Remember that minor league team beat yeah. them on Tuesday night. That's right. <laughs> right. And the time was now. Danny? Yeah. Uh, let's remember that of, of the four uh, Yankee uh, perfecto games, uh, only Don Larson's was really against the stellar team. You know, generally these type of games, uh, these type of pitching performances don't go, don't happen against the top, top uh, uh, teams. You know, I mean, uh, who, who, who did David uh, uh, Wells beat? Was that the Expos or was it the... No, uh, uh, Cone was the Expos. Cone was Minnesota, the I think. It was Minnesota. Was Minnesota. <laughs> but, you know, these are the, but still, at the end of the day, they're all professional ball players. 
And when you look at the averages, the batting averages of the of the A's, they're not too far behind the Yankees. Probably ahead of the Mets. <laughs> you know, probably, you know. Doesn't take so, much. you know, it's a very dominating thing. And most likely the, 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 the pitch clock has something to do with it as well because it speeds up the game in, 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 in resetting. I think it's a, it's a good dynamic. Jeff, comment? Jeff? Yeah, I just wanted to say that the minor league team from the Pacific Coast uh, took two out of three from the Rays about a week or two ago. Yeah. 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 Best team in baseball right now? Yeah. Well, we, we want the A's to not get 40 wins this year, don't we? Met fans? <laughs> we don't want them to get 40 wins. So no they question. Break the Mets record in 62. <laughs> We'll see what happens. All right, thank you, Michael, for that. We'll, we'll probably touch upon a little bit later. Gerald Wine, you give your highlights report. You are sponsored by the mute button on your remote. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about the show 165 and what year we're up to. So today I'm going to review the 2011 MLB season. I think it was 11 or 12. These are what I believe to be the key facts about the 2011 season. Uh, for the awards and leaders, I will name the National League player followed by the American League player. Key awards, MVP, Ryan Braun and Justin Undeliver of Rolanda. Rookie <laughs> of the year, Craig Kimbrell and Jeremy Hellickson. Cy Young, the great Clayton Kershaw and Justin Verlander. Key, key leaders, batting average. Jose Reyes, who took himself out of the game That's when right. he was yeah, going right. to be the batting champion based based on statistics. Oh, that was that year. Well, Cabrera, home runs, Matt Kemp and Jose Bautista. RBIs, Matt Kemp and Curtis Granderson. ERA, Clayton Kershaw and Justin Undeliver Verlanda. Some interesting highlights of the season. Derek Jeter became the 20th player to join the 3,000 career hit club, Mike. Mariano Rivera became the first pitcher to make 1,000 appearances with the same team. On August 4th, Jim Tomei joined the 600 career home runs club. Johnny Dame became the first player in MLB history to hit a walk-off home run with five different teams. Michael Young recorded his 2000th career hit. Andre Ether set an MLB record by hitting in 23 consecutive games in April. Carlos Lee recorded his 2000th career hit. After 1,000 career games, Jose Rios had 98 triples and 360 stolen bases. The only other play in history after their first 1,000 games with that many triples and stolen bases was a guy named Ty Cobb hmm. with 106 triples and 391 stolen bases. Orlando, the baby bull, Cepeda, recorded his 2,000th hit. Big Ryan Howard hit his 279th home run in his first 1,000 career game. He broke the record of the great, 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 great Ralph Kiner, who had 277. 
Derek Jeter hit his 3,000th career hit. And here's a very brief summary of the 2011 World Series. The Cardinals defeated the Rangers four games to three. The MVP was David Fries. Here's some quick composite statistics. The Rangers hit 254, Cardinals 243. Cardinals ERA was 386, and the Rangers 465. And that concludes my report on the 2011 MLB season. Did you say Orlando Cepeda? Yeah, that's got to be wrong. That's wrong because he, he retired yeah. a long, long time ago. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, retired probably before 2000. <laughs> Orlando Cepeda retired in the probably late 60s, early 70s. Yeah, 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 yeah right. 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 Sorry, so I had a Thank you on that. Anybody want to comment? Uh, all right, Danny, you first. Yeah, just briefly going back to the uh, yesterday's uh, perfecto. Uh, interesting to note that Higashioka, this is his second no hitter. That uh, that he caught, you know, and uh, I found that pretty amazing. So a lot of it was a lot of experience. Boy, who else did he, he yeah. catch for? Um, the minors, maybe. Who? In the minors? No, 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 no. In the majors. Was it was it Corey Kluber? I think. Oh, Corey Kluber. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. That yeah. makes yeah. sense. That makes yeah. sense. Okay. Yeah, he called Corey. How, how fast we forget about Corey? And, I, and, and I, I, I may be the only one in this group, but I watched the whole game yesterday. Good for you. Was, uh, I was enjoying that finally the Yankees were hitting. <laughs> so anyway, that was it. Thank you. Anybody else? Uh, Larry? You mentioned the Verlander not uh, pitching very well, high ERA. You got Scherzer, high ERA. But you got uh, Kershaw still doing extremely well. Yep. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Michael. Yeah, Jerry was mentioning uh, Derek Jeter's three thousand hit. Uh, people who debate Derek Jeter's greatness and the greatness of Derek Jeter, uh, the dramatic events of his career is so mind-boggling that he goes up the the ladder of all the all-time great baseball players. And if you could relive what it was like with that at bat. That was some incredible at bat against Beckett, I think it was. And uh, he did it very, very dramatically with a couple of foul balls and this and that. And uh, at a 3 2 count, his 3,000th hit was a home run, which was uh, a spectacular baseball moment. Well, he went uh, five for five that game. I think, I think so, too. My wife a, lot of, a lot of people still say if he was never, if he was never a Yankee, it, it wouldn't be a. A glorified career. That's the debate. But that is debate, the debate. Don't know. Yeah. Right, we, you know? we don't know. We don't know. We'll never know, right? Yeah. He was you know, a winner. I bet every baseball. I bet every baseball team in the world would love to have somebody like Yogi Berra or Derek Jeter who wins. You win every game. That's great. Yep. I would take a mediocre pitcher who wins all his games over Nolan Ryan. I said that before. You know. Win your games. That's the name of the sport. Right. Consistency. All right, Gerald. Derek Jeter, I hold it. Derek Jeter, I think, had one of the highest baseball IQs ever. And and I particularly remember that backflip to the catcher. You may recall against Mike. Oakland. Oh. <laughs> what a what a smart, smart move. Very, very high baseball IQ versus Gary Jeremy, Jeremy Giambi. That's right. 
Jason Giambi here. Yeah. Jeremy Giambi. Jeremy. Jeremy. He didn't, he didn't slide either. <laughs> he should have slid. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It was out. All right, Mike. Yeah, I just want to comment that if you play fantasy baseball, you'll know that getting wins is one of the very toughest things to do because your team, your pitcher has to be on a team that not only hits, but has good relief pitching and hold leads that your pitcher might, uh, might have or as, uh, as he leaves the game. I have always found that very, very challenging to chalk up wins. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let us move on. Milton, you wanted to be put in this spot. You named that tune, so you want to use yep, it Yeah, here we go. Okay. Uh, this group is a doo-wop group from Brooklyn that had a big hit in 1960, but the song first came out in 1937 by Tommy Dorsey. But this huh. is a song from 1960. <laughs> I saw him in person. The lead singer is Lenny Coco and the Chimes. Once in a while. Once in a while. Once in a while, yeah. Yep, and they had another big hit, I'm in the Mood for Love, and um, I've seen him in person, Lenny Coco, terrific lead singer of the Chimes. So I try to make these a little harder because I go to the 70s and it's too easy for you. So yeah. I got to pick something up. <laughs> That's true. You're good. Thank you. Listening to my 50s nope. and early 60s music. <laughs> but it came in okay. You hear it, right? Yes. Okay. I'm happy. All right. Thank you, Milton, for that. All right. Good song. All right. Uh, a couple of beep beeps I found. Rancho Cucamonga. <laughs> Anyone know about this guy? Rancho <laughs> is his first Not name. Me. Cucamonga. <laughs> He's a pitcher for the Dodgers. Did you know that? <laughs> you didn't know that, huh? And Where, no, it's, it's a place. It, no, it's, it's a place. Wow. his name? Rancho. Here, now pitching for the Dodgers. Rancho Cucamonga. First and last name. <laughs> then another one I saw today. Noah Song. S-O-N-G. He's a Philadelphia Phillies pitcher. How about that. All right, this day in sports, June 29th. One thing. Who was the name of the pitcher pitching for the Oakland A's yesterday? Uh the day before yesterday. An unpronounceable name. Anybody remember? Do you have what's his name? You're supposed to write it down. I forgot what it was, but it was a real E R T Z or something like that. You have to write Ertz. Ertz, Ertz, been around. Yeah. Been around. If, it's, if that's Ertz, he's been around. All right. This day in sports. Today's June 29th. Right. It's almost July 1st. 
1897, baseball, Chicago Colts, C-O-L-T-S, established a major league record for the most runs scored by one team as they destroyed the Louisville Colonels, 36-7. In 1910, Wimbledon. As Wimbledon's going to be starting real soon. I agree. Uh, but in 1910, Wimbledon's women's tennis, there was an all-British final. Dorothea Chambers beat Dora Boothby for her fourth of her seven Wimbledon singles titles. She won seven. I never heard of her. Do you ever hear of her? I guess not. Okay. 1933, we jump up 23 years. Italian boxer Primo Carnera. I'm sure everyone's heard of him. He was Argentinian. He was Argentinian. He wasn't Italian. Oh, this, this one said Italian. All right. He def- anyway, he uh, he knocks he knocks out defending champion Jack Sharkey in round six at Madison Square Garden to become the third. It says to become the third European to win the heavyweight title. So he must oh. have been Italian. Maybe maybe he lived in Argentina. <laughs> Come to look up because it says that's the whole thing. He became the third European to win the. Yeah, they made a movie. Uh, uh, huh? um, Humphrey Bogart was in a movie, uh, sort of uh, simulating uh, the story of Primo Carnera, and the, the call the harder they fall. Mm-hmm. Tiger. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, back up now we got 1961. Uh, Giants, Willie Mays becomes the fourth player in Major League history with three or more homers twice in one season. I thought that was a nice feat. That's a good trick. 1969, on Billy Williams Day at Wrigley Field, the Cubs outfielder was still playing. He passed Stan Musial's National League record for games played with 896. 1977, Willie Stargell hits his 400th career home run. What did he go on to hit? 475, something like that, I think. Not that area, yeah. In 1983, Horse 40-year-old Angel Cordero Jr., he wins his 5,000th race. In his last race ever at Belmont, he goes on to win 6,000 ra- races in his career. Uh, let's see. 1984, with the Expos, Pete Rose plays in his record 3,309th Major League game, surpassing Carl Yastrzemski. Nine, this, is, this one was interesting. 1984, Oral Hershiser with the Dodgers. Begins a string of making every scheduled start until 1990. Wow. 1984 to 1990, the dude pitched every four or five days. Wow. Really amazing. Bulldog. Yeah. Yeah. This one I forgot, or I wasn't too sure about this. 1986, on this date, the Red Sox trade for Tom Seaver. Oh, yeah. So was Tom Seaver on the 1986 Mets championship team? I don't think so. No, he was. I think he pitched against them, didn't he? He pitched in the series, I recall. He was on the Reds then, I think. Hold on. Red Sox. Yeah. No, no, he was with the Red Sox. He pitched against them in the series, didn't he? 
no, I, I don't think he pitched against him. He might have been on their roster. Yeah, maybe that was it. For a stint, a short stint. Not yeah. like a game or anything. Also in 86, Sparky Anderson is the first to win 600 games as manager in both leagues. Oh, you're having, pitched, uh, having managed for the, uh, the Tigers. Tigers at that time. Reds and Tigers. Now in 1987, yeah. it's a Yankee thing. The Yankees blow an 11-4 to lead to the Blue, Blue Jays. Then they were trailing 14-11 in the eighth when Dave Winfield hits a grand slam home run to beat the Blue Jays. And also in this game, Mattingly hit a grand slam home run. How about that? Here's an interesting one. I forgot about this, but it, it, when I read it, it brought back a memory. In 1990, the A's, Dave Stewart, no hits the Blue Jays. On the same day, the Dodgers, Fernando Valenzuela, no hits the Cards. Oh, that's wow. interesting. Time, two no hitters. On the same day. Same day, one in each league. How about that one? That's a... And in... in, in um, this is a hockey thing. Maybe my hockey experts uh, would know this one. 1992, uh, there was a trade. Uh, an arbiter decided that Eric Lindros goes to the Philadelphia Flyers, not the New York Rangers, because the Quebec team traded him twice. <laughs> they, tra- they traded him to the Flyers, and they traded him to the Rangers the same day. But Wisdom of Solomon. I don't know. That. So he went to the Flyers. Uh, and this had to be, he started as a Flyer, I remember. Then he went, then he tr- then he went to the uh, the Rangers. And this must be after. And then they went to Quebec. Then they traded him back. Quebec got six players in the uh, return, two draft picks, and $15 million. And that's what I have for this year, for this, uh, yeah. this day. Uh, June 29th. Mark, I was wrong about Carneri. He was Italian. All right. There you go. All right. Um, Carol, what do you have? What do you find? So in 1986, Tom Seaver was on the White Sox. He started 12 games, and he was on the Red Sox, started 16 games in 86. Right. So he was, was he on the World Cup? I saw Jerry, that. He was, he was on the bench game. for the Red Sox during the right. series. And he might have been injured, obviously. Yeah, yeah. He might have been injured during the World Series. Yeah. Okay, Sports Stories by Larry, sponsored by Rice. (laughs) My story this week is entitled Dealing with Thoroughbred Thoroughbred Deaths at Racetracks. As you know, seven thoroughbreds died a week before the 6th May 2023 Kentucky Derby. Perhaps less well-known, 37 thoroughbreds died at Santa Anita Park for its 2019 racing season. But even more alarming, a whopping 901 died over the 22-22 horse racing season. Why is this happening and what can be done about it? Good question. Times investigative reporter Joe Drake offers three key reasons why this is happening. First, syndicates involving 20 or more people are the norm for owning thoroughbreds these days. And these owners often excessively run their horses for financial reasons. Second, 
Many racetracks are running year round that puts further pressure to race individual horses more and more, especially when you consider that the number of thoroughbreds has dwindled from 35,000 20 years ago to 19,000 today. Third, there is the medication and doping of thoroughbreds, but there are no uniform drug laws or punishments to deal with it. What can be done to make horse racing safer? In reaction to the Santa Anita Park thoroughbred deaths in 2019, the Congress unanimously, let me repeat, unanimously passed legislation in 2020 to create an independent regulatory agency called the Horse Racing Integrity and Safety Authority, or HESA for short. In June 2023, HESA was fully implemented. Immediately, HESA recommended that Churchill Downs pause its operations to identify the causes for so many of its thoroughbreds dying this past May, and Churchill Downs complied. Even more importantly, HISA is a centralized authority to set procedures and tests for anti-doping and medication controls, to set standards for track safety, and to set standards for layoff times. That completes my story for this week. Who's got comments? Anybody got a comment on the story? Michael. Well, you, 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 muted, you muted. can't hear a word you say. Can't read lips. You're muted. We can't hear you, Mike. <laughs> he can't hear us. We can't hear him. Realize, <laughs> like now we speak here. Can you hear me now? Yes. yes. Don't touch yes. me. Uh, right. Uh, I was just going to say, very good report by Larry. And concurrently and coincidentally, I'm reading a book by Geraldine Brooks by the name of Horse. That's the name of the book. And it's about a horse by the name of Lexington. And it goes back to the 1850s when the horses were trained by slaves. And it's a very, very fascinating book. And it was, Lex, uh, uh, Lexington was one of, one of the greatest horses of all time. And he sired a lot of great horses in the future after he passed away. And uh, if you ever really want to hear a history of the origins of horse racing, I recommend this book, Horse by Geraldine Brooks. Hmm. Milton. Muted. You're muted, Milton. You're muted. Milton. Greatest, all right, where are I? We didn't hear anything you said, uh, Milton. One, I'm of here, greatest, one of the greatest horse trainers of all time from 1973 to 1982 in the New York area. He was a patient of mine by the name of Frank Martin. He was well known for conditioning a horse named uh, Sham, but that, that Sham was born the same year as Secretariat. But I knew this guy as a patient for years and the Martin family is known as one of the greatest uh, trainers of all time. But the one that came to me was Frank Martin, who was for 10 years was the top trainer in New York area. Did he smell like and a horse? One of the uh, riders came also. I can't remember his name. Um, one of the jockeys came to me also. I just can't But I remember this name, Martin, now that you're talking about uh, yeah, racing. Yeah. Yeah. Stephen. 
I wanted to ask Larry, did that committee come up with a uh, turnaround time for horses? How many days between races? I did, I did, men mm. did mention it in anything in my research, but, uh, but I, I don't know what it, what it would be. Joe? Yeah, did they mention that maybe the way they breed thoroughbreds now leads to some of the injuries? Well, as Danny mentioned earlier, when you when you start to race the horses less than uh, four weeks rest, you, you're mm -hmm. you're pushing things. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's part of it too. But they've always did that for the Kentucky Derby, Preakness, and the Belmont Stakes. But uh, not for not for most of the other other horse racing. The, they they try to stick to the four weeks. Mm -hmm. And why you said there was one time how many thoroughbreds and now there's right less no, thoroughbreds no, today. Nineteen thousand. Nineteen thousand less horses to thoroughbreds. Well, no, today? that's how many there are oh, now compared to. Right there here. were thirty-five thousand. I don't know. What yeah, I think thirty-five or thirty-nine versus sixteen. Thirty-five thousand twenty yeah, yeah, right. years ago. Nineteen thousand like today. So that's birth control, right? That's what it was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not intentionally. It's like anything. That... What an interesting story. Well, very interesting story. It's very it's very expensive to yeah. uh, to breed and raise these things. You know, you can kind of understand why they try to uh, gain, uh, get some kind of return on it. Also, I mean, my understanding is usually the injuries are in the legs, the right? Something splinters or they break a leg or something like that, and then they're destroyed. I mean, it's not their heart or their lungs or anything like that that go from, from what I can tell. That's so, right. uh, it, but I guess racing them more than once every four weeks puts enormous stress on those legs which are very spindly yeah, weight yeah. something like that mm. very interesting and you would think also uh in the circus they got they've gotten away with all the uh, no more of those animals right 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 well the elephants oh, are, go are gone the elephants are gone and uh, what are, right, i don't right. know so where's the uh the lobbying against the horse horse racing well, that's maybe why the legislation was passed unanimously. There is lobbying against horse racing, yeah. I think. Yeah. I think another part of it also why there's so many fewer thoroughbreds now is that, the, you know, horse racing used to be the only thing that the average guy could bet on in the old days when we were kids. You'd go to the trotters or you'd go to the... Uh, right, right. Or the, now, the you know, now you just pick up your uh, your phone and you can bet. Right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and there's no yeah. highlight around, no more highlight. Miss Highlight. Right. Well, thank you, Larry, for that interesting story. Uh, want to move on? All right, Gerald. Right on racing. I just want to mention about Tom Seaver. The last postseason year that he pitched was 1979. 19 what? 79? 79. Okay. What for Cincinnati, I guess. White Sox, probably. White Sox or Reds? No, Cincinnati. 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 Reds, Reds, yeah. Good. Pick up still. Yes, after he was traded. All right, let's move on. Um, Michael, you still with us? Do you have anything about Jets or any additional Yankee stuff? This is your regular well, spot. If you have something, I have a sponsor. Oh, if you don't have anything, you don't get the sponsor. sponsor. <laughs> well, by coincidence, this morning I went to the gym. You have, you, you have something for us? A little, little bit. All Not right, but you're sponsored yeah. by Sidewalk Crack. Uh, okay. Cracks, cracks, uh, well, first with the Jets. Early uh, this morning, I was at the gym, and lo and behold, the TV that was above me—it was, of course, no sound going on. But the topic was 
who has a better chance to win the Super Bowl, the Dallas Cowboys or the New York Jets? And I just thought that was very interesting that <laughs> the form has turned. And now in the back and the peripheries of people's minds, it's the Jets possibly getting into the Super Bowl, which is uh, very, very Don't cool. That. Don't take you know? that bet. Right. right. And uh, getting back to baseball, I'm just noticing in the, in the papers, there are, I'm not going to read the articles, but uh, Mike Lupica had an article in the other day's uh, Daily News about the Yankees finally starting to turn things around and things are starting to be a little bit more positive about the Yankees. And there was another article about uh, German where it says it might have been one of the greatest perfect games in the history of baseball, one of the most unlikely perfect games in the history of baseball, considering where he was at uh, on the borderline of being pulled out of the rotation. So uh, they compared it to those a pitcher by the name of Humber or Hummer or something like that. Philip Humber. Philip Humber. Right? Humber. Humber. Who was this Humber. unknown pitcher you never want to hear. And he pitched a perfect game. And it just goes to show you, uh, I was getting back to anomalies, you never know what happens in sports. Out of the blue, somebody right. who was just a nothing ball player, he just catches lightning in a bottle, and right. uh, all of a sudden they start hitting. Now getting, getting to, for example, uh, Stanton, mm-hmm. let's, talk, let's talk about Stanton for a second, right? Huh. Most of his at-bats, since he came back from his injury, you will not see a more apathetic-looking batter in the, on the face of the earth. He gets up there. He usually, more often than not, does his strikeout, and he walks to the dugout, and that's about it. And all of a sudden, and everybody who's a baseball fan knows it, he turns into the best hitter in the sport. Now, where does it come from when he has it? And where and why do you lose it? It's like anything else. It's like uh, I remember one time I bowled uh, over 200 games with, with my dad. How did I do it? I don't even know. And that's, I think, why baseball is such a great sport. There are so many. I think of all of the sports, you don't have that kind of mystery. You don't have a, a third-string quarterback uh, all of a sudden become uh, Johnny Unitas or, or or Tom Brady continually, he will start to stink again because that's what he is. The Oakland A's, look at the Oakland A's. You're talking about a minor league team. They had a streak for a while. They were starting to win games. Beating the Yankees right now, three to two. All right. <laughs> there you go. That minor, league, go. that minor league team. Minor league team. <laughs> a minor league team. Right, and so win today and take two out of three from them, right? <laughs> that could happen. And getting back to the Yankees, the most dependable player, I, I don't know, blue, is Isaiah Falafa. How did that happen? I remember early on, I used to call him the Falafel Man. The guy, <laughs> although I like him, I, I don't like him in the outfield. I mean, he gets in everybody's way. He definitely should stay out of Bader's way. I, 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 love, I, I'd love to see him at third base most of the time, but uh, that's the stuff. But the thing is, the Yankees could start to gel. That's not out of the realm of possibility. And I'm speaking objectively. I've seen it before in other teams. Objectively? (laughs) Okay. You know what? If they lose this game to Oakland, I take everything back. The Yankees. (laughs) (laughs) One game doesn't. Joe, what's up? Joe, you want to comment? I I just want to, you know, about Michael said why Pete by kids can look so bad and it looks so good. Hitting a pitch. 
hitting a ball from a pitcher is the hardest thing to do in sports. Ed Williams said that. That's what it is. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. uh, Michael Jordan. Hardest thing to do. Yeah. All right. Gerald? Right. Mike, I keep on telling you, Isaiah Kiner has Ralph Kiner blood in him. Well, he's got some kind of blood in him. Right. Well, Ralph Kiner was always good, Jerry. Uh, I don't think Ralph Kiner ever stunk as much as Isaiah Kiner-Falefa when Isaiah Kiner-Falefa really stinks. Oh. You know, I, I, I cross has... to him in the outfield. Kiner-Falefa has both of the Yankees' RBIs today. <clears throat> right. Hey, Michael, he may be a relief pitcher soon. Yeah. 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 I just want to ask you, um, a guy like LeMayo, he seems lost at the, at the plate for a guy that led the right. twice the leads in right. hitting. And you know, in an interview, I read about that he never would look at tapes of when he was going good. But now he finally decided to look at some of the tapes, what was different then than what is now. I don't know what takes them so long. You know, I heard that some teams, I don't know if it was Cincinnati, some of these teams that are doing so well now, they they hire so many different hitting coaches and are working on young, young players. I don't know why some of these veterans don't do the same type thing when they're not going well. I mean, he, I, he never, I never saw LeMayo strike out as much as he's doing this year. Yeah. But then again, it could be, you know, that one thing about the Yankees, you've got to admit, they are very, very secretive about their injuries. Look how uh, Judge was on the verge of coming back right after his injury. Uh, who the heck knows if LeMahieu has some kind of lingering problems? All about tick or fails, We never know. And and it's strange with uh, some of these ball players where they are, look at Rizzo. What the heck happened to Rizzo there for a while? Rizzo was lead, was in the top ten as top ten in hitting, and now look at him. You know. So uh, you never know about injury. Rizzo could still have his bad neck, but they don't tell anything. Right. You know? right. Bad neck and a bad back. Yep, yep, yep. All right, Gerald? Milt, I think all hitting coaches should do comparisons of each, of each player when they were going well and weren't, and they should be advising the hitters. That should be incumbent upon them to do. Could be hitting in bad luck. You never can tell. Yeah. All right. Let's let us move on. Uh, Mo Mets moments by Joe. You have a you have, I'm you have on. today? I'm on. Yeah, I do. Yeah, by the way, you're sponsored by Clipboards. Okay. <laughs> so the uh, the 800-pound gorilla in the room is Steve Cohen's uh, speech yesterday. Press conference. Press conference, whatever you want to call it. Anyway, I'll get to yeah, that right. in a second. But there was an interesting article on uh, a few days ago in The Athletic talking about how three clubs have gotten, have been trying to build around athletic young players to take advantage of the new rules. They are the uh, Reds, the Diamondbacks, and the O's who have all overperformed well. this year. So maybe that's a template for uh, what the Mets will need to do. They certainly need to get younger and more athletic. There's no doubt about that. Right. Green. And you know, I would start by uh, I would start by getting rid of uh, well, you know, Vogelback. That would be the first. But yeah, right. yes. <laughs> then I then I have a little thing I wrote down after Sunday's loss, which was rock bottom. I think they got one hit the whole day, and it was just pathetic. And then they came back and won the game seven nothing the other night, and they actually looked 
uh, a little bit animated. And then last night they went back to the usual yeah. stuff, you know. So I think I think the year is done. So anyway, uh, Cohen was. Um, I guess he got his message across um, last night. Anybody, any of the players that didn't pick up on it, um, I don't know. They got to be pretty obtuse. He pretty much said that it's all on the players, and he's not yes, going to do yeah. anything. He's not going to do anything harsh this year, or you know, mm. a spur of the moment. He's going to keep Eplin. He's going to keep Showalter for the rest of the year. And if by some chance the players, you know, get it together and they start winning games before the um, trading deadline, maybe he'll buy. But he he was pretty clear that he doesn't think that's going to happen. Right. And I don't know whether they're going to sell or they're going to stand pat, but I, my guess is that they're going to try to unload whoever they can unload. It, it, it only makes sense. If they're not going anywhere, what's the point of keeping Canna and Marte? And I'm and I'm at this point, I even think that if they could get something going for somebody like McNeil, I would trade McNeil, bring up uh, uh, Mauricio, and you know, roll the dice and see what happens. They've got nothing to lose. You know, McNeil, McNeil has a McNeil's contract goes on. He's only getting about six million, which I was surprised to see. I thought he got more, but no. And maybe they get something for him. And go on from there. I mean, he, I think Cohen knew he, he took a two track uh, uh, thing when he moved, when he bought the Mets. In the short term, he decided to buy and, you know, see if he could put together something. And he actually did last year. They did very well. It was a fun season, even though they didn't win. But it was, you know, it was fun. Go out to the ballpark, watch the games. Uh, and then it all fell apart. And he also, you know, he also was pretty candid even last year that the farm system was pretty depleted because the Wilpons, in their infinite wisdom, uh, had no money left to uh, to do anything. So he knows that in the long term, he's got to rebuild the farm system. And I think he's committed to that. And I think, uh, you know, even though I may not live to see it, <laughs> eventually it will pay off. Hopefully it won't be that long. And, yeah. uh, that's my Mets moment for he this. He does week. all the trading off. He's going to get kids to, in return. Yeah, he may. I don't think he's going to get much. I don't think he's going to get much for any of these players. But maybe uh, you know, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Comments, contracts, uh, uh, Gerald. Joe, did you mention McNeil's salary of five million or six? Million? Yeah, he's uh, he's not. I thought he. I thought he. You know, I would have thought he got more. Five million is not a lot of money these days. He might have some value. I thought he had a five-year contract for about uh, sixty million. Maybe he does, but this year he's only getting—he's uh, only getting about five or six million. It was in the Times the other day. Okay. He was near the bottom in salary for the underperforming players. I mean, I don't get McNeil's been a solid player. I just don't get it, and it's not like he's hitting it to hard luck. He's just not hitting. He's popping up or he's grounding out. He's a, he's like the guy that you would have batting average in He's June. the guy he that him. you would have thought would would flourish with the with the uh, with the outlawing of the shift. Absolutely, nothing doing. He's nothing. the best equivalent of Lemayu. Yeah, no. isn't he one of the league leaders in getting hit? Hmm? Isn't he one of the league leaders in getting hit by a pitch? Who McNeil? Yeah, well, I don't know. Hmm. I Joe so. Joe is. Is four years, fifty million. Okay. Twenty-three to twenty-six. Four years, okay. fifty million. Yeah, that's okay. what I see too. Yeah, yeah. So it's about fourteen a year. It's about twelve. Twelve a year. Yeah. All right, that's not bad these days. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, uh, yeah. maybe somebody will take him. I would see if he could be moved. 
Yeah, somebody will take him if he's, if he's available. Yeah. I would think so. Okay, thank you for that. Uh, Mike, you have any stuff with... Um, I, I do. Just one second. In DC? I was looking up who's leading the league in hits. Uh, Canna. No, no, that was last year. No, I can't. I don't know. Canna was the lead guy last year, 20 some odd times. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so uh, first a brief historical note. Uh, which may be apocryphal, but then I'll get to the Washington scene. Uh, so the historical note, as I understand it, is that in the old days, I mean, we're going back a ways here, farmers used to bring their best horses to county fairs, that kind of thing, and they would race them. I mean, probably young guys on the horses, but they would race them. And that was sort of the genesis of horse racing, which be then became, a, you know, a big time sport in the United States. And people People did bet on it and all that kind of thing, but they were betting at the county fairs too as to who had the fastest horse. Well, as you all know, those days are long past. Agriculture became ever less a part of the scene. And instead, uh, young guys started to race their cars, right? They drag yeah. raced. They went out yeah. onto these flat strips and they raced one another, all that kind of thing. And now NASCAR, stock car racing, all that kind of stuff is a big deal. That kind of supplanted horse racing as the, uh, the, the sort of the, the medium of racing in the United States. That's, that's my understanding of how all this evolved. So like I say, that could be apocryphal, but that's what I've read. As far as the Washington sports scene goes, the focus right now is on the Washington Nationals and who they will uh, be able to move at the third okay. They have a number of candidates. What happened to oh, somebody? Okay. Um, they have a number of candidates. Their best candidate is probably this outfielder, Lane Thomas. Here I would say caveat emptor. Thomas is hitting about 300 this year, 14 home runs, 43 RBIs. He's played very well, but... On his, on his career, he's about a 250 here. So he's having a magnificent uh, uh, season, um, kind of a career season, and uh, he might be tempting for a pennant contender. But I just say, uh, there's a law of averages here, who knows? They have some other players who might attract interest, a third baseman by the name of Candelaria, uh, they have Dominic Smith, who most of you will know uh, from his days oh, with Mets. And uh, they have a couple of uh, relievers. Relievers are always in some demand at the trade deadline. They, Hunter Harvey and a guy named Kyle Finnegan sort of trade with one another as to who's the closer at any given time. So one of those guys could easily uh, be put up and uh, traded for prospects. Washington, definitely a seller. Uh, in the market for prospects, uh, trying to rebuild. That's uh, certainly the expectation right now in D.C. That's my report. Thank you, sir. Any, any comments? Uh, Gerald, I see you. The problem, Mike, with Dominic Smith is that he's a first baseman and he's got three home runs in the last two or three years. He's had maybe four or five home runs. You, you can't be a first baseman with no power. He doesn't have much power, true. Yeah, no, I, I, I get power. you. Uh, I, I was just mentioning his name because he's a veteran. He's been around. He could come off the bench. Maybe He only has three home runs this year? Yes, yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Just the fact that he's experienced and could, uh, you know, kind of add Great something. As a pinch hitter or that kind of thing. 
Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, no, I think the others are a little more attractive than he. Uh, you know, just thing about that team, you mentioned um, the third baseman, Candelario, is that his name? Yeah. yeah. I, can't re- I can't recall any of those players on the team. Who's on, who else is on that team? <laughs> They're like obscure, like like the A's. Can you name five no, A's? Corbin, Corbin. Well, no, I, no, I cannot. But they have a catcher by the name of Ruiz, whom they traded. They got from the Dodgers, who's actually pretty solid. Oh, he's a veteran, uh, I think. Right? No, no, he's not a veteran. Not well, a veteran. He's been a lot of young players. A lot of young players. Yeah, he he came over in the trade that uh, Scherzer and um, who's the other pitcher? They gave up in that trade. Oh, no, uh, Trey Turner. Trey yeah. Turner, Turner yeah. Was essentially mm-hmm. for Ruiz. And, uh, and then they have uh, Josiah Gray, who seems to be developing. He was the Dodgers' top right. pitching yes. prospect at the yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, and so he's in the rotation, of course. Uh, Mackenzie Gore, you might have heard the name. I liked he's him. In the, yeah. yeah, in the San Diego trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so they gave up quite a bit, but got quite a bit. And they have some nice young infielders at short and second. Um, I can't think of the names right now, but those guys have some talent. The short stuff. Household names, so it's New York. Is Abrams? Abrams? Abrams. Abrams is short, right. right? Pretty good player. So they're building. I mean, Rizzo's under a lot of financial constraints. Uh, as I've, I've mentioned this before, the ownership has had some financial hardship, shall we say. Uh, as far as billionaire hardships go uh, because of their heavy investments in the uh, commercial real estate market. So he's having to rebuild, but, uh, you know, it looks like some building blocks are starting to fall into place. I read that uh, July 20th, they're going to vote football uh, for the commanders to have a new owner. July 20th, the the teams are going to vote. They need 24 out of 32 owners to say yes to this Josh Harris group. Yeah. He also yeah. owns the Devils, and he also is, owns the 76ers. Is, yeah. How could somebody have well, so much money <laughs> to own three professional? And I'm sure he has partners, obviously. He has partners. But that. still, even to have he partners. Just, yeah, I, w- I would view that vote as largely pro forma. I, I think there are 24 and more owners, uh, probably 32 owners, 31, who want to get rid of Daniel Snyder. Right, just for the, that, just to vote yeah. yes. Yeah, the issue has been... a chance the, to vote yes and get him out. Exactly, but right. the issue has been how much money is he borrowing to buy the team? There's right. a limit, major league rules, or, you know, 30, a, a billion or a little over a billion. And he was exceeding that, and so he's been arguing... Or, Discussing that with Major League, uh, with Finance Committee, Major League Finance Committee, to try to work that out. My guess is it probably has been worked out, and they will vote to. And Matt, uh, and Magic Johnson it. is part of that team. That's uh, Magic Johnson is part of yeah. that new ownership. Right. Team. Yeah, yeah, I read that somewhere. Okay, thank you for that report, Howie. You got your your, your screen. You're off. You're in out in out. You're right. Um, I'm here, but you got, can you hear me? We hear you perfectly well. Do you have a report for us on the West Coast? Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. The internet out here, it's it's really unstable today. And I was late. I apologize for that. Uh, The latest out here is Draymond Green. Will he resign with the Warriors tomorrow? Uh, 
when free agency uh, commences. He was on this morning. He was on Paul George's uh, uh, show, uh, Pod Show, and the way he was talking is he looked like he's going to come back. Uh, the the alternatives are probably the best alternative would be in Sacramento, where Mike Brown, the former uh, acting coach, assistant coach for Warriors, it are is right now. Other places, it, it doesn't make sense. Uh, the other thing about the Warriors is if they bring back, uh, I mean, essentially they trade Jordan Poole to, to give money to uh, to Draymond, uh, and apparently Poole just wasn't I, I, during the season when I was watching. The amount of time he was on the court was much less, and especially in the playoffs when. Uh, uh, DiVincenzo became the first guy off the bench. But uh, it looks like uh, the Chris Paul acquisition, the latest is they may keep him or they may turn around and trade him to somebody and get uh, something something else that they need. Uh, Right now they have all the scoring they, they can get. They need these role players. Uh, they're not going to be able to sign DiVincenzo again because this is weird the way the salary things are. He got 4.7 last year because he's a total free agent. The most they can offer him is three years at 5.4 million. From what I read, there's an article out here. The Knicks probably are very interested in DiVincenzo. I don't know if you guys have heard that in New York, but uh, that's the story right now with with the Warriors. Uh, the other thing about the Giants, who've had the second best record since the first week of May, is they're going to be buyers at the uh, the deadline. Uh-huh. Who and what? I mean, they have such a diverse team. Uh, probably my best guess would be some sort of power hitter, outfielder, if possible. Uh uh, I've heard about Paul Goldschmidt, uh, but the team that's most likely to go after Goldschmidt, uh, from what I've read, will be the Phillies, since Reese Hoskins is out for the year. Uh, but other than that, I haven't heard anything else, and uh, I guess that's about it. That's all I. That's all I got. Okay. I heard that um, the players are happy <laughs> they have Paul. Right, I heard Curry and uh, who's your other top player there? Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson. Yeah, they're very happy that they have Paul. They're looking forward to play with Paul, but maybe they'll, they'll get rid of him. We'll see. And you froze, Howie. Now you're loose again. I know. <laughs> having issues there. All right, let us move on. Thank you for that report. Michael has a comment. Yeah, just a quick comment on Chris Paul. So it seems anomalous, right? The Warriors get Chris Paul. They already had the best point guard in the league where they need with another guy like that. But the stats show that when Curry was out of Warrior game, sitting on the bench, the team kind of uh, did poorly. Uh, you know, uh, on the plus minus, they were on the minus side. Poole turned out not to be uh, adequate as a substitute point guard or working with Thompson. And Paul would fill that hole he would provide the kind of point guard services, you could call it, that they lacked. 
once Curry was on the bench. And you have to remember, Curry will be about 35, I think, 34, 35 next season. So he will need relief. He will need to have his minutes cut some. So it isn't ridiculous that Paul is with the Warriors. Interesting point there. Roger. I, I like Chris Paul, but I just wonder how durable he is. He seems to kind of fade towards the end of the year, especially playoff time. This, this, like this past year, you know, he keeps getting hurt and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, very, very talented. And you're right. It may balance better for Curry, right? So he doesn't have all the point guard duties. But, uh, I mean, we'll see. I mean, he's, he's a good player. I just, I don't know. Poole's a young guy. That's, that's what caught my attention. And I know the whole fight around with Draymond, I guess they had to do something. But uh, it seemed like he gave up a young talent, though. But we'll, but we'll see. Okay. Let us move on. Uh, how many of you guys saw the uh, the NBA draft? Because that went on Thursday night, last Thursday night after we went off the air last week. Anybody watch the draft? Nobody watched the draft last week. I went out and watched my grass grow. <laughs> I was watching the USFL. Right. <laughs> so, of course, the Spurs had the number one pick, and they picked, how do you pronounce watching, his name, was... Wen Bayama? Wimbayama, Victor Wimbayama, and a, and a report came over the uh, the wire today. He's been saying he's seven feet four, but he actually measured seven feet three and a half inches tall. <laughs> that's 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 his. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, Mark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he measures you barefooted. That's the difference. Hey, Mark. Yeah, yeah. You see him on the subway train. No, did not see that. If he got if he'd gotten on the old style subway trains where they had the exposed ends, he would have had to have been very careful. Okay, wow. Wow. Yeah, they yeah. Were, so uh well, they, they had were, the draft and of course um get in there. What can I say about these fellas? I don't know any of these fellas who got drafted. Um they but the brothers twins. the brothers were picked once again. One, two, three, five and one, two, three, four and five, the Eamon Thompson. And the Thompson twins. Thompson, the Thompson twins, right? Thompson twins, <laughs> yeah. <British Rock. laughs> and um, they got picked, and the Magic picked this Anthony Black, who's supposed to be good. Suppose it is what it is, you know. What I mean, uh, let them start playing pro ball and see how they, uh, how well they do. But a few days after the draft, the uh, the San Antonio icons, the Tim Duncan's, the David Robinson. Uh, Manu uh, Ginobili, how you say Ginobili? Ginobili. Ginobili. Uh, they took uh, Wen Bayama to dinner. Welcome to San Antonio. <laughs> Good for him. See what happens. The Knicks, who had no picks, did you know they's free agents, and uh, they did pick up Jacob Toppin, the brother of Obi Toppin. Did you hear about that? They signed another Toppin. <laughs> Jacob and and the brother was is Obi. Uh, of course, they declined the contract of Derrick Rose. That was expected. Fifteen point six million dollar option. Uh, in the uh, WNBA, uh, if you follow, the Liberty is in first place. If you follow, <laughs> they have a great season so far, and the Phoenix Mercury. Um, with Brittany Griner and uh, Diana Tarasi. When I wrote this, they were off to a 2-10 and ten start, mm. and they fired their head coach. Uh, so that was interesting news. Uh, UConn, who were the champions last year, Dan Hurley was their coach. 
They signed him to a new contract for $31 million. Whoa. That. Wow. And, and uh, they told, going back to uh, Wembayama, you know, there's a, there's a World Cup of basketball starting. Really? Are you aware of this? We, no, we know the yeah. World Cup in soccer. No. And the World Cup for the women's soccer is going to start in July, I believe. But there's a World Cup in basketball. And uh, Wambayama, he got to shorten that name. <laughs> can say that name three times fast. Who is not going to be playing for France. He's going to just sit it out. How about that? And the NBA and the uh, the Players Association completed a seven a six hundred and seventy six page uh, collective bargaining bargaining agreement that will run uh, to the night to 2029 2030 season, and this new contract uh, goes into effect Saturday. How about that? And the uh, free agency starts July 1st. Last night, well, was Wednesday and Thursday, tonight's the second night of the draft of the hockey. Oh. Anybody watch that one? Bedard. Bedard. <laughs> Bedard with your head. <laughs> you know, our, our experts are not here. I'm sure our experts can um, talk uh, a lot on these people. I don't have no clue of these people's names. Got a guy named Perot, he's a Boston College. Right. His father his father played for the Rangers. They the Rangers picked this this Gabriel Perot. Gabe so Perot. when they say his father played, I thought of what's it, Gil Gil? Gil. Gil. Right. Gil. But this is not the father. The father is Yannick Perot, who played eight hundred and fifty nine games in the NHL. From 1993 to 2008. 15 years. How about that? Never heard of him. Yeah. Yannick Perot. I don't follow hockey. All right, all right. But um, awesome. oh, so be it. Uh, Tennessee State University made news. You guys hear this one? They'll be the first HBCU, Historic Black College or University, to have a hockey program in 2024. How about that? Mm. How about that? So let's see what happened here. More baseball stories. Of course, the Mets traded uh, Eduardo Escobar to the Angels for two Mm -hmm. minor leaguers, who I heard both have fantastic arms. Until they bring him up and something's going to happen, yeah. they're going to need Tommy yeah, John right. surgery. You know that, right? It happens so much all the time. You know that's going to happen, right? Oh, yeah. History. Um, they, the uh, Escobar goes to the Angels because... Uh, Good riddance. Uh, Rendon, yeah. Uh, yeah. third baseman, yeah. and uh, Yershela both are injured. And so uh, third base, uh, Brett Beatty is uh, your third baseman. The first day there, Escobar promptly went two for four with one RBI and four runs scored. Yeah, they scored 25 runs that day. That day, that day, yeah. Yeah. And, of course, when Drew Drew Smith came back from his 10-game suspension, Uh, he promptly gave a home run, and they lost that game. Yeah. Just happened. Roger broke this story to me last week that the Mets and the Phils are going to be playing in London. 
next year and two game series. And did anyone watch the London series this year, last weekend? A little bit, a little bit. Cards and the, help me. Cardinals. Cardinals and cards. Cubs and the cards, right? Okay. Yeah. They they split the two games there. But they sold out the stadium. So something is uh they 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 like their baseball or just a once in a once in a while. Or what what is that Milton song? Once in a while? Once in a while. Uh let's see what else happened here. Uh, oh when Paul Goldschmidt played in that game last weekend in London. He became the first big league player to play in five countries. Hmm. United States, Great Britain, Canada. One of his teams played in Mexico. I think when he was San Diego, they played. He wasn't with San Diego. He was with the, um, where did he come from? Yeah. Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks, right? They played yeah. in Mexico. He played in Canada. And uh, he played in Australia. Okay. When the Diamondbacks had a game in Australia, sixteen players have played in four countries, but he's the first one to play oh, in five oh. countries. Oh. What else do we have here? So, I've been preaching to you people about Ellie De La Cruz for a month now, and you, you heard what he did last week, right? It's for the cycle. Cycle is twelve games into his career. Wow, he's the youngest. Uh, Youngest player to hit for the cycle. He's the seventh red player to hit for the cycle. The youngest to hit for a cycle in 51 years. Pretty good, huh? He has a career ahead of himself. Ellie De La Cruz. I still don't have this baseball card. (laughs) That's what the Mets need. Yeah, they brought him up. Or the kids, kids, kids. How many years have the Reds been down, down, down? Yeah, they won a World Series with Pinella, I think, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. they had good teams. Dusty, 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 Dusty oh, Baker. Yeah, against the A's. Dusty Baker. Yeah, we had the yeah. Wherever Dusty yeah. goes, he did win. Uh, George Springer, Blue Jays, moved into second place on the all-time Major League Baseball list for what? Lito Homers. Oh. He hit his 55th. And of course, Ricky Henderson has 81, so he's a little bit away from uh, from yeah, Ricky. And Ronald Acuna, if he's not the MVP, well, oh, he's, he's, the, he's the favorite now. What, what a player. season he is what having! A what a season! And Shohei Otani, what a season! Yeah. It is five hundred million dollars enough for him, or is he going to be higher than five hundred million? Where do you think? Where do you think he's going to go? Dodgers. Dodgers. You don't think the Angels will keep him? How could they not uh, keep him? You think they'd want not, to keep him? They don't win. They don't win. Yeah. They're not a big market team that could afford him. Because because they're the second uh, banana in uh, Southern California, in the LA area. Maybe. Maybe. It's a big. It's a, it's a gigantic. It's a gigantic market. They're a big market. I know, but team that team does not win. Team. They don't win with him. But yeah, how can no. they give up on no time? He's well just... this year. I think they're in what second. He seems comfortable on the West Coast. Yeah, so that's why I think he's going to stay there. The Dodgers are like uh, easy uh, trip back to Seattle. The favorites, right? I would say. First, Gerald. The question is, how long will Otani be a two-way player? You may recall Babe Ruth said, "I can't do both." Well, Tiny, I think, is 28 or 29. 
How many more years does he have yeah. as a two-way player? Which will yeah, so be a, strictly a hitter and DH and the play the hitting. field. Or... I don't know. What else? So Lewis arrives. What's he batting now? Three ninety-six. Uh oh. On the doorstep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we talked about Eduardo Escobar with the Angels. He leaves yes. New York. He became a citizen of the United States. Good for him the other day. Yep. He passed the test. And did you hear the Long Island Ducks sign former Met Wilson Ramos? Yeah. Wow. So we'll talk about you know, next week when Michael's on. I'm sure he'll talk a lot about these uh, players who they have. Remember, they lost Daniel Murphy. He's still in the minors, right? He didn't, they didn't bring him up, right? No. He's no. in the Angels' farm. I wonder if he's struggling down there. I wonder, wonder what's going on with him. It's hard to come back at that age when you've been out of yeah. for a while. Very hard. Yeah, they must have seen something to like pull him away yeah, from Yeah, no. The I'm not saying. I mean, I hope he does it. I like Murphy. Yeah. 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 And did you guys see the College World Series in baseball the last uh, weekend? Some of it. Yeah. Oh, Crazy yeah. scores, right? The first game was normal. Uh, LSU wins, I think, 3-2. to Second game, Florida wins 24-4. to Oh, we got this World Series the best out of three. <laughs> and then they lose the final game. Uh, 18, LSU wins 18-4. to Crazy. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, what else do we have there? Odell Beckham. Did you hear he made news? He was banned from LSU sidelines for two years. Remember, he was <laughs> handing out $100 bills to the Tiger players during the LSU oh, yeah. uh, 2020 championship game against Clemson. Remember that? Yeah. They said the huh. bills were not real. <laughs> It wasn't real money, but the ruling uh, it came. The ruling comes out three years after the fact. I don't get that at all. They tried some, to catch one of the bills, probably, Mark. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and you mentioned the USFL. The championship game is this. This was going to be this Saturday night at eight o'clock. Birmingham should have won the championship last year. They lost to Philadelphia. They're back in the championship game. Uh, they have an eight and two record this year. Maybe they're nine and two. Anyway, eight nine and two because they won their their uh, playoff game, and they're playing Michigan. Oh, they're playing Pittsburgh. <laughs> so you guys didn't correct me because you guys don't even know, don't even care. Don't care. Uh, they're, they're playing right. Pittsburgh. Who has a five, and, five and six record? <laughs> they make their uh, the finals. Now what else happened? It was a death. In football, you heard the death about Ryan Mallett? Yeah. Yeah. 35-year-old former quarterback of Patriots, Houston and, and Baltimore. He was the football coach at Whitehall High School in Arkansas, former quarterback for Michigan and Arkansas. He passed for almost 7,500 yards and 62, touch, 62 touchdowns in two seasons with the Razorback. Supposedly he died in drowning. Oh yeah, I heard that. Yeah. Ryan yeah. Malik, yeah. and he was a great athlete too. Yeah. yeah, he was. He was written about in the uh, sports pages today or yesterday. He said he could throw a football eighty yards. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's true. Drowning, drowning. Yeah, there was one other Our thing. Joe has a question. Football players can't swim, maybe, huh? 
No, <laughs> Mike. I think he got caught in a riptide. Yeah. yeah. Steven, what? I'm in Florida now, and uh, they were talking that seven people drowned in off of Pennsylvania, Panama City and Pensacola yeah, because that. of the riptide. It's, yeah. it's unbelievable. It's terrible, huh? Yes. Yeah. Yes. He was one of them. Panama. Yeah. It shouldn't show off. <laughs> shouldn't go in that water. There's sharks in them water. Uh, the world, the world, the tour, no de France, tour de France begins on on Saturday. Okay, for those who care about cycling, you know yeah. the race begins in Spain. I never knew that. I didn't know. I, knew I thought that. they were only running in France, but they let's still go to the Pyrenees. Are in Spain. In. Probably in the Pyrenees. Hey, Mark. Yeah, go ahead. There was one other thing that was interesting. Kevin Garnett and I forget the other basketball players sort of read the riot act to uh, John Morant the other day. They posted something about uh, how he has to get his act together. Thought that was interesting. Well, see what happens. I missed. He's had two you strikes. Know, you know, maybe maybe he'll listen to some. You know, maybe he'll listen to um, to them. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a on kid. some level. On some level, I mean, he's such he's such a talented player. I mean, the future is just um, you know open ended for him if he just gets his act together. Mm, mm. We'll see what happens. Yankees yeah. are winning ten to three. The A's are winning ten to three. Yeah, Yankees are winning. Yeah. The Yankees are winning ten to three. Yes. Okay. All so right. They'll, they'll take that serious. Okay. Yeah. Against those minor leaguers. All right, who's got Gotta trivia questions for us? New York baseball. Time for trivia here on on the mark. And what do we have for questions? All right, let's see. Milton, what's your question? Okay, um, let me ask you: Who was Joe Namath's backup quarterback in '68 and '69? Hewitt, John Hewitt. Who? John Hewitt. Hewitt. No. No. '68. No. He also. The quarterback also was a star at University of Kentucky. Beat, won the Sugar Bowl in 1951 against Oklahoma. Who 51? Broke 30... 61. 61. Yeah, but was the Joe Namath's backup quarterback. You could not know that. He was pretty good. For, he played draft out of college. To... All right, Babe Perilli. Oh, yeah. I remember oh, that sounds, yes, that sounds right, right, right. He had his time before. Yeah. He was Bart Starr's backup, too. He, he might have been the oldest uh, uh, NFL player, right? One of them. Yeah. I thought I remembered him with the Boston Patriots. That's right. He played right. for the Patriots for several years, right? He's a little <laughs> old to be called Babe. Right, honey? All right, what else? Questions? More questions? Right, Gerald. Who's the only MLB player to hit a grand slam from both sides of the plate in the same game? Wow. Two grand slams in one game? Grand slam from the right side of the plate, grand slam from the left side of the plate in the same okay. game. No. Eddie Murray? I think Eddie Murray. No. 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 I would have put money well, on that. Well, Murray was in the American League, right? Well, he right. played in both leagues. Yeah. Um, Vicky. What uh, uh, initial, you have initials for what? First of all, what yeah. year are we talking about? I'll give you the date, July 29th, 2003. Oh, 2003. Initials, B, initials B and Bernice, M and Mary. B, M? Like bowel yes. movement? Yes. 
PM. PM in 2003. Switch it up. I was going to say Caminiti, but I'm that's blank. not. I can't think. All right. We don't know. What, what team? I'm trying to. What team? I believe. I, I should know this. I believe with the Red Sox, but don't quote me. Red Sox. Well, I thought you said in the National Leagues. No, I didn't. I didn't say. I didn't say any league. The league was, was the team. Well, why well, you didn't say what team? What's the first name? We don't know. What's the first name? Bill. Bill. Oh, Bill Mola. Yeah. Bill Mola. Yes. M U E L E R. Third baseman for the Red Sox. Bill Mola. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yankee killer. Right. All right, Michael. Yeah, your turn, Michael. Okay. What? Did George the Animal Steel eat before his matches, and why? Didn't he eat the corner? Uh, yeah, right. The turnbuckle. The turnbuckle. That was during his matches. What did he right, eat right. Before, <laughs> before the matches, and why? Another wrestler. <laughs> and why? He was and why? Oh, did he eat some milk? <laughs> he uh, it, I believe. What? It had something to do with an, an appearance in part of his anatomy. Liver? <laughs> no. Internal, external. Tongue. Tongue is tongue. tongue. Oh, right. So he had the green tongue. <laughs> the green tongue. Right. So what did he eat? A tongue sandwich. <laughs> no. A green, a, something green. No, 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 no. no. He <laughs> ate green chlorets. Before the matches to make his tongue appear green. Hey, Mike, I think yeah. I think I'm right on this. I believe he was a college teacher. Yeah. He called in sick, and when they saw him in a wrestling match on the day he called in sick, he lost his job. <laughs> I don't know I about that. that yeah, I heard he was, he was a intelligent guy. He was a professor. Like like Gorilla Monsoon, who couldn't speak a word of English when he wrestled, then he became the the TV announcer. <laughs> in English. What car which current which current major league baseball franchise was once known as the Milwaukee Brewers all the way back in 1901? Hint, it's not the Milwaukee Brewers. The Seattle Pilots. No. No, 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 no. They were once known as the Milwaukee Brewers back in 1901, and it's a modern-day team, and the answer is the Chicago White Sox? Baltimore Orioles. Spent 1901 as the Milwaukee Brewers, and who were replaced in 1902 by the St. Louis Browns, and they moved to Baltimore and became the Orioles. Okay, who else? Next question. Gerald and Gerald and Milton again. Gerald first. What what three pitchers have won a game as a teenager, and won a game after the age forty? Joe Nuxhall. No. <laughs> Bartolo Colon. <laughs> Nuxhall won no games as a teenager, Mike. Uh, How about Val Valenzuela? No. How about Wally Bunker? No. It to be a long career, so. What, uh, what era again? Pretty modern era. Uh, I'll give you the, let me give you the first names. 
Bert. Blylevin? Blylevin. Yes. Herb. Score. That's for? That's for. That can't be score. He had a career mark. Mike and Mike. Well, three people. Mike. Quayor? No. No. Messina? No. No. Mike. Mike Cormick? No. Right, who is it? We don't know. Morgan. Mike Morgan? Mike Morgan. Yeah. Yeah. Real journeyman guy. As <laughs> opposed to Tom. Tom Morgan was a Yankee? The plowboy. Yes, yeah, I think he was. Yeah. All right, who up? Milton, you had a question? What professional football player came out to play with half his body painted green and the other half a normal color? Somebody on the Jets, I would guess. Yeah. Number 44. With the, the Eagles. Oh, John Riggins. You would know that. John Riggins. Running back. Riggins. Yes, John Riggins, Riggins. it is. It came to my mind when you talked about Clorets, you know? <laughs> Never yeah, the Mohawker. <laughs> oh. oh, so you didn't have that prepared. It just came to you. It did. I just I heard the Clorets. Oh. I thought of John Riggins. I <laughs> have a question. Mike C. Good question. Yes. Um, <clears throat> what was the first team that Bill Vec Ever owned? Hint: It's been discussed today already. Brown. 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 Saint Louis Browns. Saint Louis Browns. Saint Louis Browns. Saint Louis Browns. No, not no, no, exactly. Not exactly. No, it's not. That's not precisely correct. Okay. Well, Indians. Indians. Oh, that was later. No, no, yeah, that was later too. So, if it wasn't the Indians, and it wasn't the White Sox, and it wasn't the Browns. How about the but Dodgers? That's a little unfair. No, not the Dodgers. It was yeah. the Milwaukee Brewers, which What's then became Louis Brown. But he owned them when they were in the world of his book. Pardon me? Beck is in wreck. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Gerald. Who's the only pitcher in MLB history with a perfect game, an immaculate inning, and a four strikeout inning. Sandy Koufax. No. Nolan Ryan. No. no. Never pitched a perfect game, Mark. Oh, you're right. <laughs> uh, let me give you the team and you guys will know. David Cohn? No. Seattle Mariners. Seattle Mariners. Felix Hernandez. Felix Hernandez. Felix Hernandez. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Oh, okay. What a future he had, and he just gone. Yeah, yeah. Anybody else have a question? So name. Okay. So there are nine teams in the Canadian Football League. Name one of those teams that come from the U.S. Argonauts. <laughs> that's Toronto. That's, that's Toronto. Good question. There are none. <laughs> there are none is correct. <laughs> At one point, they had teams from the United States, but they quickly got That's rid of them. That's a good question. Okay. I have another question. Who's the all-time leading NBA scorer who stood 
six feet tall or shorter? Greg hmm. McGuire. Nope, not an even Nate Archibald. Iverson? Archibald is not on the top ten. Kuzi. <laughs> not in the top ten. Tiny that tiny. Well, Top uh, top ten leading scorers NBA. Iverson, six feet tall or shorter. What'd you say? Iverson, Allen Iverson, twenty over twenty four thousand points. Chris Paul uh, with twenty one seven five five is in second place. You have to watch him as he creeps up. How about Calvin Murphy, number three, seventeen thousand nine hundred. Oh, yeah. Kyle Lowry, he's still playing. Got fifteen. Thousand plus Tim Hardaway's on the list. Kemba Walker, he's not playing anymore, is he? No, I don't think so. Mookie Blaylock on the list. David Wesley, I don't remember him. Damon Stottlemyre mm. and Mark Price finish up <laughs> the top ten. Okay, Gerald, only NBA team to be named after a dinosaur. The Raptors. Yes, yes. <laughs> Very good. Okay. For my dinosaurs. <laughs> All right. You guys want to call it and see you next week? Yeah. Sounds okay. good. So hey, remember, Mark. next week we have the um, the guest. Ducks. He can make Mellon it next Ducks. Thursday at 4. And uh, we'll see how long he's on for. We'll come up with questions about that Atlantic League. And they, they're doing some exper- they do sp- experiments for the um, Major League Baseball uh to see if some of these new um rules can be used in the uh, major league baseball so we'll ask michael will tell us about yeah. steven you want to comment yeah i think uh, for jeff i think the guy you were thinking of was uh lewis Furpo, the argentinian uh, boxer ah you're exactly right thank you there you go one yeah. hour later it comes up <laughs> guys have a fabulous week have a fabulous yeah. holiday July all over care, good night Take care, Jeff. Bye. bye-bye guys thanks for joining bye-bye. us bye-bye take care Jeff bye-bye, bye-bye.